0: Welcome back to the show, everyone. This is our one hundredth, one hundred and first show. And last week, unfortunately, Brian, you couldn't be with us for for good reason. But Uh, Joe,
1: blame blame Lani. Don't blame me. I didn't time it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Joey and I went the whole show, and then right at the end, remembered that that was our hundredth episode. Like that was supposed to be the big thing. (laughs) But yeah, it's 100 episodes. It's un- unbelievable. We'll have a delayed, uh, a delayed party when,
1: um, when Joey's back next week.
0: Yeah, so speaking of Joey, unfortunately he's not going to be able to make it tonight. But we had to do tonight because we've got a really cool uh, guest coming up for everyone. So we'll get into that in a second. But before getting into that, I just wanted to do one more quick plug because this is going to be our second last episode before the season closes up so our last episode is going to be on the 30th of November so that's two weeks and a day from now and we will do a live stream middle of the day Australia New Zealand time so if anyone's keen go on to Instagram uh, search for the shop store podcast and you can get all the details there so we'll be doing it live on Instagram and uh, it would be great if everyone could come along and throw some questions at us, uh, give us something to talk about.
1: I would also say that I've been getting a heap of DMs on the Instagram account Mm. referring to topics that we touch on in the show. It'd be really great if people, rather than DMing, if they put it in the uh, comments of of the photos that I put on each of the Instagram Mm. posts because there's so much good stuff coming that you know it's great it's answering questions directly to joey uh robin and myself but there's information out there that needs to get put to the wider audience so if you put it in the comments then everyone can see it rather than me just forwarding it on to uh, to joey or robin
0: yeah and, and that was always the point of the point of instagram i mean i know instagram is not necessarily a, a community yeah, forum yeah. but that was always the purpose of it yeah yeah
1: but it's been okay. great having people engage with it and It's good. It shows that it was worthwhile finally setting it up after all these
0: years. Yeah. Yeah. It took us long enough. Yeah. All right. So with that housekeeping out of the way, let's get on to our guest because we have a guest all the way from Ireland today, from County Cork. As I've just had explained to me, I didn't realize that Cork was more than a, a... a, a county area I didn't realize it was actually a city so I uh, just want to welcome to the show Paul O'Brien how are you today? Good thanks for having me on. That's yeah, it's it,
1: Great to have a, a guest on here that finally understands what I'm saying. <laughs> just about. <Yeah. laughs>
0: and I wondered how long it was going to take us to get to that that um, I kind of need Joey here to back me up as a <laughs> as a, 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 non, a non-Irish. Um, so, so Paul, for, um, you, you operate a, a company called Modette, um, making furniture. Uh, yep. just interested to hear how you got to this point. Um, was woodworking part of the family? Is that something you've always done or, um, how did you get to, to being a, a furniture maker?
2: Um, <clears throat> well, it was a fairly kind of, uh, long <laughs> route. I didn't, I didn't start training until I was 30. So I am 10 years at it now, I just turned 40. Um, so um, But prior to that, I had done all sorts of things. Um, my my kind of first sort of interest, I suppose, was music and things like that. I, I was a sound engineer for a while, and then I went to art school and, you know, did what you do in art school. And uh, I, uh, I lived in London for about seven years, which is where I, I moved to London to go to art school. And um, it kind of, yeah, it was, it was great and I learned a lot, but it wasn't really a, a career or a job or anything. So as, you know, I wasn't getting any younger. So I said, right, what am I gonna do? And I, I knew I had to do something creative. I knew I wanted to do something with my hands. And ideally I wanted to be my own boss. And sort of Google basically told me that furniture making might be a good option um so i am um, i went and i did a, a a short one day a week course in london metropolitan university and um on like the second day i was there the teacher tucked me aside and said right you're all over this here's extra stuff to do and i was like this is it this was i was away and um, hooked so yeah completely a uh, total like light bulb moment why the hell did i do this you know 20 years ago kind of a thing um, so um, yeah, and I, I kind of didn't look back. So I finished that course and I applied for a two year full-time course in a place called the Building Crafts College in, in East London. Um, it's, just, it's a city and guilds course. So you do kind of, the first year is just introduction to joinery, say you just learn basic, everything's done in softwood. Um, you learn about introduction to machinery, hand skills. You make things like dork, Door frames and stair- little small scale staircases, things like that. And then in the second year, then you are given your own bench, and you are. We had to make three pieces of furniture in hardwood that we designed ourselves. We were given some very basic criteria, of a chair, a table, and a, yeah, a small cabinet. And um, yeah, and uh, I, I basically lived there for two years. The um, uh, and towards the end of the second year I kind of decided, I always knew I wanted to do my own thing but I also knew I had a lot to learn still so I started um, basically trying to find a job. Um, So um, at the time, myself and my now wife, we had decided we were gonna move back home to Ireland from London, so I basically contacted um, Start a of handful of sort of high-end furniture studios in in Ireland to see if anybody was looking for, for for um for makers. And I, I was lucky enough to get a job with um, the Joseph Walsh Studio in Cork. Um, so I went straight from college to being a, a maker there for about two and a half years. And then I decided to strike out my own, and that was I'm coming up on six years now in, in business on my own. Um, it's all going really well. I'm very busy um, I wouldn't say I'm making money yet, but we're working on that. <laughs> and um, but, um, but there's plenty of commissions, there's plenty of jobs, plenty of interests. I've won a few awards, got some press. Um, I'm just back from London. Uh, a couple of weeks back, I, I did my first exhibition at London Design Festival. Um, that went really well. A lot of good feedback, a lot of interest. Um, so yeah, that's kind of it's kind of it really.
0: Pretty a
1: pretty good summary. <laughs> that's a good story. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have assumed
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would have assumed that you'd just with the 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 way your your website and your Instagram is all crafted. It's got a very warm, homely feel to it. I just and maybe this is. Um, Jumping to conclusions, but I just assumed that this was going to have been a trade that was in your family, and you just had a family of woodworkers. I don't know. You just you just came ac- it just comes across like that in your material. Well,
2: my 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 father is a um, was well, he's retired now. He was a he was a mechanic, a bus mechanic for forty two years, and it's just one of those, you know, inherently practical people. You know, mm-hmm. when, when I was growing up, he was always doing stuff in the house, and we were helping him and. You know, we never... There was never a man in to do anything. If something was broken, he fixed it, you know? And that's just the way. So it was... I've always been a very hands-on person. I mean, even even in art school, I, I, ostensibly, I was there to study. I was studying, like, sound design and, and stuff, but I basically ended up building things. I made sculptures and things out of, like... I bought old analogue tape machines and old transistor radios and ripped them apart and made them into sculptures and, you know, stuff like that. So it was always... Make I think I was too practical for the art world um so which is probably why <laughs> I, I ended up doing this um so um yeah like that uh, just that general approach to just you know just just doing stuff you know trying it out it, then you know if it doesn't work try something different so that's yeah I mean yeah I, I, other people seem more surprised than the I. I am that I ended up doing this in some ways it just it it seemed like a kind of it was a long trip but it seems like a fairly natural progression mm. um and i think that the the probably the art background is probably i I'm, i was always super super aware of the kind of the 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 how the business was portrayed the look of it the feel of it that that's that's a huge part of it and that's definitely something i learned when i was in in joseph walsh's that the, the branding side of it is is it's massive. Like it really is. It, you could spend so much time marketing and stuff. You have to. You know, it's it, That's a huge, huge part of it. If if you're after a certain type of business or client or, or whatever, you really, really need to focus on that. Um, because there's a lot of it's a lot of us now. There's a lot of competition out there, and mm. to kind of to kind of stand out a bit, you kind of really need to make sure. And particularly like as well with things like, you know, everybody's got a quality phone in their pocket now. There's no excuse for not having half decent photos and, you know, Mm. half decent Instagram or whatever.
1: We were saying the same thing. I don't know whether you listened (coughs) to the interview that we did with uh, Nick Padula in Sydney. Yeah, I did, Um, yeah, We were were saying the same thing to him, you know, just the consistency of his imaging and the overall appearance. Yeah, he's got
2: it down, doesn't he, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, you've got it as well. but yeah, it's just the consistency of it and the quality of lighting and the, like there is a value that you can see that you've really invested time yeah. into into crafting that. So yeah, it definitely shines through, man. And,
2: and you know it's his stuff as soon as you see a photo. Yeah. You know it's him. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Um, yeah. So obviously, maybe being from Ireland, but I've never, um, I've never lived there since I was eighteen, and uh, that was prior to my engagement in the world in furniture. So mm. I have no idea what it's like, apart from when I did my visit to Joseph Walsh's studio. Yeah. I, I have no idea what it's like operating a business in Ireland. So yes. can you talk us through, in terms of like, because Ireland, like people think of it as green and forested and stuff. Is there actually mm. any commercial forestry in Ireland? Like, do you get your timbers all imported or where, where do they come from? Um,
2: so as far as I am aware, there's no commercial forestry there are a few people that do um native timbers but they tend to be stuff that's you know f- fallen over in the field somewhere and they'll yeah. plank it up yeah. and they'll dry it and whatever um i currently get all of my timber it's 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 usually american um it's you know it's the, usuals, it's the white oak it's the black walnut and um, the ash um it by and large i buy it um just at a, at a local timber uh, place in cork and like that they, they ship it in from the states or, or from or from Europe um i am currently looking at sourcing some native timbers for for certain pieces yeah i'm just it's that it's thing just, about it,
1: volume and and quality yeah, if you ever can get can i get what orders? i want
2: exactly when i yeah. when i need it and is the quality going to be there particularly because of the i mean you, you have been probably seen to side of my stuff there's a lot of um, slim legs and things. It needs to be fairly clean grain stuff. It can't yep. be nutty, twisty kind of. So there are certain pieces that I can probably do smaller pieces, side tables, things like that in in native stuff. And I am looking at that, but n- no, at the minute, as far as I am aware, and and that like I could be someone could correct me on this, but as far as I'm aware, there's no commercial hardwood sort of um, timber industry
0: in in Ireland. Um. Are- <coughs> You, to, of, you go out you go room. I was just going to say, out of interest, what is a, a native species of of tim, or hardwood timber there in Ireland?
2: Uh, it's all the European stuff, right? So you get your your usual, your oak, ash, um, walnut, beech, things like that. Um,
0: so I there's the nothing Specific to, to or specific to Ireland? No, no.
2: Okay. No, nothing. not no, not that I know of. No, um, no, nothing, nothing, We nothing. Don't have any of the cool names that you have while you're. Red gums and jarras and all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's a, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's the kind of, it's, it's basically sort of just northern hemisphere sort of hardwoods. Um, But I I like them as well, to be honest. I mean, I I tend to avoid tropical timbers as much as possible for a number of reasons. Like ethically, they can be questionable, you know, how they're forested and stuff sometimes. Um, And also, they're just, they're, Tend to not be fun to work with. Yeah, (laughs) they're they're too bloody hard and sappy and unpleasant. Um, so um, I like oak particularly because you can kind it covers the it covers the gamut for 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 clients. You can and because you can do so much to it. You can have it dark. You can have it brown. You can have a black. You can light it. You can bleach it. You can, you know. Plus, everybody has a thing about oak, whether they even know what oak is or not. I mean, I'm sure you've all had this with clients. It must be oak. And if you showed them a piece of oak and a piece of ash, they couldn't tell you which was which, yeah. you know. It's, but it has to be oak. Yep. So, you know, there's, there's that as well.
0: <laughs> My uh, kitchen benchtop I made out of European beech. Yeah. Chunky, chunky boards. And it's one of the best timbers I've worked with. Uh, I, mm. I appreciate what you're saying about ease of use, especially with the stuff that we get here in Australia that is just, it's hard to steel. Working mm. with the timber like that is... It's just fun. It makes it makes the process enjoyable.
2: Mm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like to work with walnut, but it can be very soft, too, unforgivingly soft. You put it down too hard on a bench, and there's a dent in it. You know, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so I think oak is a good kind of in between for for hardness, but beauty and you know things like that. Um, but I wouldn't say I'm a particularly woody woodworker if you know what I mean <laughs> I'm, I'm someone who's attracted to the design of a piece the overall kind of silhouette of it the look of it rather than the, the grain and the timber I mean that's obviously a huge part of it but it's not my my, my sort of driving force
1: if you like mm. um, you know I'm not a big kind of wood fan <laughs>
0: yeah yeah
1: um, I was going to say this is something that uh, Like when I was growing up, if you had told me that high-end sort of luxury furniture could be Mm. coming out of Ireland and going around the world, I would have been like, how does that make economic sense? Like how can you operate (laughs) from, like it's fair enough the second biggest city in Ireland, but it's still quite a remote little place. Um, But now in hindsight, I'm looking at it and I'm in a much, much bigger city in Australia. But your audience that you have on your doorstep, is amazing like to have you know the whole eu i don't know do you do you sell much stuff in the europe or mainland uk or where does, where does most of your stuff end
2: up um up until this point and i would say up until about three months ago it was all ireland um, right and literally in the last couple of months we have i've kind of reached the point now where i'm obviously i mean it's it's just it's a numbers game the entire population yep. of ireland is only about four million people like um, so you know, there, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, that 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 audience is gonna sort of plateau pretty soon. So in order for me to to grow the business and to continue doing what I'm doing, I have to look abroad. Um, and like you said, it's look. I mean, obviously, Brexit is a fun spanner in the works because the, yeah. the UK was obviously the, the 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 obvious first stop. It's literally next door. It's English speaking. I lived there for seven years. Um, in saying that, it's it's not impossible either. It's just paperwork. and So is, you know, it, is I, it only
1: paperwork, or is there additional taxes that are being applied to? It depends or what you day know. you
2: ask on, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> they seem to be making up. It. When, I, when I went over to the UK for London a couple of weeks back, um, it was nearly over before it began. I I, yep. I, I rented a van to drive over. Um, I, I drove through the Irish customs, no problem. I got to the UK, and they asked me, did I have any paperwork? And I said I didn't. I didn't think I needed any. From what I could gather, I was only ex- exhibiting. I wasn't selling anything. Yeah. And I was taken into a large shed and told, in known certain terms, that uh, they could confiscate all of the furniture in the van. And it was so that was that was a fun half hour. and um, wow. So um, yeah. So. Uh, so it just totally
1: it, it totally depends who's prime minister on that day, is it? kind of yeah and i don't know the mood is it there the, <laughs> is the guy having
2: a bad day in, in customs or i don't know but one of them seemed to be a bit of a, a bit of a, a wood nerd he, he he opened the van and straight away he said linseed oil because i used the rubio monaco which is linseed and he was he was admiring the stuff so i i i uh i uh gave him a bit of a turn on the charm <laughs> and uh i was i was sent on my way with a, a wagging finger behind me so uh i'll know for next time but yeah, it's 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 a bit it's a bit mad like the way it's it's all work. But like I said, it's just it's just another thing to work out. Like I'm I'm hopefully doing a big job now in the states soon. Um, and again, it's just paperwork. I've just said mm-hmm. the piece to a small side table to Switzerland. <laughs> um, you know, they all just have their own little things of you know what codes and this and that and the other. But yeah, it's it's definitely a hundred percent. It's 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 where the business is going. We're going to have to look at them. The rest of the, the rest of the EU and the states and stuff, you know, it's just and like particularly, I think when you get to a certain price po- price point with your furniture, the extra couple of hundred quid to ship it to X Y yep. and Z, people don't really banal it. They want they want it. They, it costs what it costs. Yep. You know, so
0: that's a good place to be.
2: Yeah, well, we're getting there slowly but surely. It's it's a it's a it's a hard game, and it's it's like still I still feel like I'm only starting out and I'm only working things out and you know still there's still that panic every time you send a, a quote going over oh, too much is it too little oh my god and they <laughs> you come know? back and then you think
0: oh jeez now I've got to actually build it <laughs> now I've got to do it I know yeah
2: the fear yeah exactly yeah. so um but yeah like we've got some we've been really lucky recently I did a huge job this year it's the biggest job we've ever done um I got a call out of the blue to do a restaurant. Um, there's a there's a there's a five star restaurant about forty minute drive from my workshop. Um, that was bought last year by some um, uh, businessmen from Singapore, and um, but they have Irish connections, and they were, to their credit, they wanted to work with Irish and local um, suppliers as much as possible to fit out the restaurant. So I made all of the tables and chairs and trolleys and different things like that. They got. I recommended some friends of mine who have a metal working forge and they made all kinds of table implements for them and they had all wow. the, 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 the plates and pots and stuff made by a crowd out in East Cork and stuff like that. I mean, they could have very easily opened a catalogue, ordered it yeah. all, paid a, paid a quarter of mm. the price. But you know, like I said, they didn't and they, they worked and now they're they're, they're aiming to get some Michelin stars and it's it's been a great project, but it was it was huge. It was forty chairs and eleven Jeez. tables and, and it was massive. Like yeah, it was it was and I had to design everything from scratch as well, so um
1: well, didn't make I can't, much I can't think I, of too many Australian restaurants that have chairs made by Australian makers. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: yeah, it was it was it was a, it was an amazing project to get. Um, it was funny when they rang me up initially; they were looking at my website and they saw my my Langford chair, which is a very elaborate kind of piece, and they were asking for forty of those. And my brain was screaming at like, mm. "Wow, this will make the business, but it might kill me." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have to make forty of these. Luckily, in some ways, that was outside of the budget, so I designed something specific for them. And I, I really like to work like that. I like to get a Um, kind of a a framework or a kind of a right this it needs to do x y and z here's how much money we have what can you do right can I do something within that and in fairness I probably didn't charge enough in the long in the long run I ended up having to take on staff and stuff just to to get the job out the door you know one day there'll be a job with an appropriate budget and time frame but I haven't I haven't come across it yet. Um, so um, yeah, it was, that was, that was amazing. So we're still kind of, that's still, the dust is still kind of settling on that. They've only been open a month or two now. So um, what's the, what's the name been. of the
1: restaurant for anybody in, in Ireland? Ter, E. It's in okay. the Castle Martyr Resort in East
2: Cork. Um, and um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing space. It's all, you know, like, I don't know what it is, 10 or 15 course tasting menu and
0: all this kind of stuff. So yeah. you you keep talking about we. Who, Do who, I? <laughs> who is the other person? We. Is it just so, you? Okay, I wondered if you had a team.
2: No, I kind of have a team. Yeah. So well, so there's besides myself, my wife works um, part time in the business on the administration, marketing, email side of things. And um, I have a full time maker with me in the shop as well james and i have a few part-time people that i kind of get in sort of ad hoc as i need them and um, shout out to liz liz listens to the show and uh, there's a um a few people like that um that i kind of have in my kind of orbit and um, i haven't you know it's something i always remember in the early days of the business someone saying do you do best outsource the rest and i really try to do that so I have an accountant i don't you know i have a person who's on my website you know things like that i i they're not my strengths it's a waste of my time to do them mm-hmm. pay someone else to do them it's actually cost less to pay an accountant to do my accounts than to me to spend three or four days a month doing them wrong you know yeah things like that um yeah. so um yeah so there is a week and the Wii is growing i'm hoping to take on a, a maker now a full-time maker in the new year um so um, yeah, we have big plans, big plans.
0: Yeah. yeah, cool.
1: Can we rewind a bit and talk Go about on. the the Joseph Walsh internship? <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> are, you, are you over um, it yet? Are you? getting there. <laughs> um,
2: it was it it was an amazing experience. It, it really was. Like it was. It's it's Willy Wonka's wood factory. To be honest. Mm. And I was a wood Oompa Loompa for two and a half years. But um yeah, it's um it's I've never been in a workshop like it or or, or, or don't really know of anywhere like it, particularly in this neck of the woods. I mean it is literally on a farm up a lane in like Cork. It's you know, it's it's uh, and it's from what I've left even it's it's grown massively. There was a there was a huge shed it must be it must be 10,000 square foot that we just used for storage which has now been converted to the main workshop it's got underfloor heating throughout you know this kind of thing it's um i have i haven't been up to see it yet but um it's um it's it's a, it's it's quite an operation like i mean he's he's um i have to admire what he's what he's done and what he's built from where he is because and and like that he has i I'd, I'd say from being there i probably learned as much about the furniture game the furniture business mm-hmm. as I did about making furniture um I mean with the make and the making side of it when I arrived i was um I was a, I was let's let's say it was a hump straightener <laughs> when i when I left college I'd like make three pieces of furniture and i and I was you know i was i thought I was yeah, I'm hot shit here. and then and i and i and i got into into joe's and it was like nope you're just shit (laughs) so uh i i I spent probably the first year at a sanding um and uh i worked initially i worked with a team of um, there was there were six makers including myself in the workshop
1: oh there's only six when you were there there
2: there's only six yeah there was two japanese guys two french guys and uh, me and one other irish guy and it was split into two teams of three and I was working with the two Japanese guys initially, which was amazing, because their approach, it was just like, yeah, it's 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 so different. Um, mm. And I worked with the French makers for a while. It is really interesting to work with the kind of the different traditions, the woodworking approaches, because we'd all have tool boards with our with our tools on them, and over time, everyone's tool board started to. Look similar because we cherry pick. Well, they just became you know, hybrids. Basically, yeah, like like with the Japanese planes, for example, everyone ended up with a collection of Japanese planes. They're just, they're, they're just the, the business. They really are. Mm. Um, and I, I, I have a small collection of of, of, of Japanese shaping planes. When I use for all my kind of um, fancier stuff, I use them for, for for that, like little little tiny spoon planes, with little half inch blades on them and stuff, and um, things like that.
0: So, so with, with um, Joseph Waltz, the studio, mm-hmm. I've, just from the conversations we've had in the past, Brian, I've assumed that he was a furniture maker and designer, <coughs> and that was it. Does he constantly have classes? I mean, is he constantly working with people? In the workshop. Yeah, like is, is, he a, is he a furniture maker and designer or is he a teacher? Uh,
2: he is a businessman <laughs> and, a, <laughs> okay. a, and a designer. Diplomatic? Um, he, he doesn't do any making anymore. Um, it's designed. Um, right, okay. I don't, get, I don't want to get sued or anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, um, he, he, he designs the stuff and there's, there's, a, there's a design office and they will translate his designs into drawings or oftentimes we'd just be given small models, sketch models, and we'd have yep. to scale them up and make them into
1: <coughs> furniture. I think when so, I was in there, he was using um, like foam and yeah, sort of carving yeah. foam to make backrests and things that would then be, be uh, scanned by the design team or something.
2: Yeah, foam or um, just small pieces of, of veneer, like the little models that are made exactly the same way as, the, as the, the the large pieces, just bent pieces of ash. Literally, run them under a hot top so they're flexible, and bend them into shape, and pin them and glue them, and you know the um, it's 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 like a lot of woodworking. I think the, the the principle of how it's done is relatively simple. It's the execution that's difficult. You know, if you kind of, you know, what he's doing is 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 kind of. You know, it's bent laminations. People, you know, if you're most woodworkers now how to do some sort of bent lamination. It's just that extrapolated to the kind of ultimate. Um. Not to not to, not not to make it sound easier. I think it really isn't. Like I mean, there's there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours in, in most of those pieces. Um, like I said, across the team, like it was um, but like I learned I learned a hell of a lot, um, hell of a lot, and and after two and a half years I was kind of I'd worked up to making full pieces and stuff and the itch was just getting stronger to do my own thing and I just decided right and more and more people kind of were I, I, I'd I been back home then a few years I'd established the contacts and the network and stuff and people were more and more people were asking me can you do something for me can you do something for me and eventually I was like okay you know what I can yeah to hell with it let's do it so I, uh, I took the leap and I was literally working in my back garden with power tools for Couple of months, which is fun in the Irish weather, running in and out to the, the spare room, mm-hmm. and um, and then eventually I found a little space, and then I found a bigger space, and now I've about two thousand square foot in an old cow shed, um, which is delightful. No, no, under four four months of the year. That's it. <laughs> <at> all. <laughs> How many layers can you work in? I'm like a Michelin <laughs> man. Um, so uh, yeah, no, it's um, it's nice in the summer, but it's 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 not. So nice in the winter, but I'm I'm yeah. hoping now maybe next year to start looking for a, a different space. It's it's a difficult one. Space is a hard one here because it tends to be like that. It's a it's an old cow shed or it's like a you know ten thousand square foot industrial unit in a in a in an industrial estate. There's not a lot of in between and it's mm. it's hard to find somewhere with particularly because obviously things like moisture and all are such an issue for what we do and ireland is a damp place it's very difficult to find i've basically built a kind of an insulated box within my workshop where as right, i'm working then. on pieces they go in and out of it and it's not ideal um but it's you know you have to make do initially it's it's a hard game to get going in from that respect you know it's such it's so chicken and egg you need to to get the work you need the workshop but to get the workshop you need the work so it's yeah. you know i've built a workshop it's a decent workshop we i've got you know all the machines and stuff that i need mostly and um, so um
0: it's uh yeah it's getting there the um oh you go you go brian
1: i i was just gonna ask you about um about design influences and things that we, we were talking with mm. again nick padula Mm. I can't remember whether it was after we'd finished recording the show or whether it was during the show. And um, we were talking about his bench that he's done, the sort of twisted, uh, yeah. bent lamb thing. Mm. And um, he was asking us, you know, did we think that it was too derivative of other people's work, you know, whether it was too Joseph Wall. And I'm like, I think it's, really, it's a really straightforward thing just to, for people to say, well you know, all bent lamas is derived from that, but it's just because mm. it's a new language of furniture. Like it's, I can definitely see that his influence in your work, but mm. your work looks very different at the same time. Um, I like that there's slightly more meat in your pieces than his. I yeah. like that there's a bit more mass. Mm. Um. So yeah, t- talk to us about when you were doing your furniture um, course, Mm. Did your furniture look anything like this at all? Was it quite sculptural?
2: Um, my... I think... God, that's a huge question.
1: Uh, what well, was it? Could, well, because for me, me, for me personally, like my... Pretty much 95% of my work is quite linear. Yeah. Because it's something that I've always enjoyed. Like from studying architecture, mm. I was... I could always admire the kind of Zaha sort of stuff, but it was never my personal aesthetic. I like repetitive lines and things like that, and that's what started to influence my furniture. So did you find that your design um, ethos evolved and you developed that aesthetic taste from working with Joseph Walsh, or was it something that had, I don't know, that developed over a longer period? I think...
2: That, I definitely had my own, like there, there's a desk I did in college, um, which is basically a simplified version of a desk, I still do, um, and it's it's very kind of clean lines and, and, and things like that. I think what happened was that, I think un- un- unconsciously I probably designed in line with what I could make, Before I went to Joseph Walsh's, uh, post-Joseph Walsh's, because I learned to make pretty much anything, I was no longer restrained by how will I do this. So the design, I mean, I think I've always designed, kind of back to front, I've always designed it first and then work out how will I make it. Um, But because of the skills that I learned, and I, I think the main thing I learned was not even, I mean... I don't do any bent. All my stuff is carved from solid. I don't. Yep. I don't use um, bent lambs or anything. Excuse me. And um, but I think what I really learned was to deal with timber as a three-dimensional um, object that can be cut into. As opposed to, I think when you're learning some of the basics, it's all about planes coming together. Yep. You know. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, if those two planes when they come together sort of blended and you know and you take you make them out of something a bit chunky well then you can carve this detail into them or whatever and um, it's it's a combination I think my stuff is a combination of sort of the overall form and then the detail within that form and um, I'm a big fan of Finn Ull's designs I think he has that um, that kind of mixture of the, 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 the overall form the silhouette of the piece is beautiful, but then when you actually get in close, there's all these little details, these little tactile, little corners and edges and shadows and you know, and and that's I try to apply that to my own stuff. It's it's um, it's it's, uh, I mean, yeah, I think, like no one's operating in a vacuum either. I mean, you know, I think I think originality as an idea is, is 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 sort of. I don't know if it's if it's defunct now. It's like I mean, even Joseph Walsh's stuff. There are there are designers from the twenties and thirties who were laminating things and stacking things. I mean, I mean Wendell Castle and stuff. People like that were doing you know the, the carved stacked stuff for you know donkeys years ago. It's it's no one's operating in a vacuum. Even like Hans Wegner, who I'm a massive fan of, like his Chinese chair. It's it's basically a Chinese chair yeah. <laughs> if you look at a, a, yeah. a book of anti- Chinese furniture. <laughs> That's what <laughs> yeah. it is, you know, yeah. um, and, it, and then he extrapolated that into all of his iconic designs, you know, so it's, it's yeah, I mean, there's definitely an influence there from, from, from working with Joes and stuff, but I think it's more the approach rather than the look necessarily. I think my stuff is a little more formalized. I um, like four legs on a chair, things like that. Mm. <laughs> um, <coughs> um, a b- Bit more symmetrical, um, but but curves within that as well. I don't know. It's uh, when I when, it's funny in my notebooks. There seems to be I will draw something and it will be very very curvy, or I'll draw something that will be lots of straight lines, and I usually end up somewhere in the middle. Um, but it's it's just kind of a trial and error process with the designing thing. I kind of I tend to mock-up and prototype and you know mess around with there's lots of you know abandoned bits of legs and backs and stuff in my workshop of,
1: I think you can tell that I think you can tell that the pieces do go through an iteration like I think mm. the fact as well that a lot of your pieces like I said to me they have a bit more mass mm. than but the mass is kind of it's always off the floor yeah it's sort of elevated at either waist height or Something, and then it comes down to very, very fine lines. And yeah. I think that's, you can tell that you have worked through a process of iteration and prototyping because I'm guessing that those legs started fatter and you sort of carved them down until you got to a point where, you know, you're playing with what's stable enough, but trying yeah. to balance the aesthetics with it. Like that three legged um, Langford console that you do. The, the, yeah. Mm. I absolutely love that piece. I love
0: Cheers, the connection
1: yeah. of the. The crossrail to the legs. Mm-hmm. It would be so simple to make those radiuses tighter and pull it all in, but I love that there is, you know, these kind of I don't know, like webbing that nearly connects that crossrail to the legs. It's really nice. I I, I it's um I'm a big fan of
2: you know H.R. Geiger, he designed, you know, the alien stuff from yep. the alien movies. That kind of biomechanical yep. where it's 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 both. It's 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 it's, it's curvy and organic but it's constructed and straight as well it's and i think i i i think as well as i'm as i'm progressing i'm getting more comfortable with straight lines <laughs> 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 i think um it's it's um initially i think it was uh like the, the all that langford stuff kind of stemmed from a dining table initially and um i just had this client you know it's one of those kind of clients where you're like. Uh, this is. She just said, I want a, a black round table to seat four people and I want it to be beautiful. Go. So it was like, great. So she kind of gave me free reign. So I thought, right, there's not a whole lot you can do with a tabletop. In saying that, I always shout for the underside and do little edge detail stuff. I was like, right, so the legs are the obvious place to kind of do something. And then I started to look at these kind of, yeah, these kind of alien kind of pointed toes, basically. And um and like I said, this concave and convex surfaces, and and then I kind of extrapolated other pieces from that, like the side tables, the consoles, the chair, the chair took about two years in total, but up between other things, obviously, to kind of refine to what it is now. Um, And I still, every time, you know, I'm I'm sure it's the same, every time you do something, you're like, I think next time I might tweak that or push that or change that or, you know. Um, But, yeah, it's a. Uh, can't remember the question now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's absolutely. Um, how long can can you make a chair now? How long? How long does ah, one too, of these things to take?
2: Too bloody long. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't. I've never. I've, I'm still refining the process because yeah. I only made. I made the initial prototype, and then I made. Uh, I managed to convince a client to commission, eight of them, basically. Yep. So I made eight of them, and it took far too long far far too long but I was working it out I was making jigs I was doing all that at the same time so I'm hoping the next time I do it it will be significantly quicker because I'd be giving people prices for them <laughs> so <laughs> it better work uh, so uh, we'll see how we go but um yeah it's it's um I'm also looking at maybe down the road introducing some CNC into the early stages of the process. I I still want to keep the hand carving and all that kind of finish, but there's a lot of, you know, kind of just donkey work at the start where it's just getting, getting, yeah, yeah, but but, you know, when it's all bandsawing and spindling and you know, that could be made significantly more efficient with a CNC without detracting from what the final piece is. Um, I don't currently use anything digital in my process at all. Um, My dry reading one-to-one scale and bums of MDF and um, stuff like that and uh, so but uh, I mean I'm not anti it I just it's not my training um, so um, but I, I think it's probably realistically the way I need to go if I'm uh, if I'm going to make a, a living out of it all
0: cool alright oh yeah
1: yeah I have to say I absolutely love your stuff man cheers uh, I look forward to a wee workshop visit next time Um. Yeah, definitely. Outside of Give the world. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Definitely, definitely. I've, um, yeah, I need to get over to Australia as well at some point. The, um, it's, I follow so many Australian makers that Instagram seems to think I'm in Australia and I get ads for stuff in Australia all the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, well, that's well drop, to we be drop, be some, li- drop some names of the, what Aussie makers? Yeah, like? well, um, I'm trying to think now. I really Nick like, video.
2: um, yeah, obviously, um, I like Nathan Day's stuff. His stuff is mm-hmm. great. Um, I think now. I've gone blank. It can't put me on
1: the spot like that. <laughs> <laughs> name. I'll tell you what. You can do his favorite. Name some Irish makers that we should follow.
2: Um, <laughs>
1: That's an easier <laughs> question than what Aussie makers you would, do. You would think, wouldn't you? should
2: Yeah. There's. There's a lot of people doing different things. Um, Salut so and Bell do some really nice stuff. It's very different to what I do. It's. It's very. They do a lot of stuff with. Um, veneers and things um, like cabinets they do of cabinets with kind of crazy veneers and things yep. um but um i i'm in furniture there's uh, there's not a huge amount of kind of contemporary furniture makers there's yep. a lot of furniture makers
1: yeah
2: um, yep. you know there's a big there's a there's no shortage of chopping boards in ireland and um, so <laughs> the um, world, Really. <laughs> yeah yeah i kind of yeah so um it's, it's a difficult thing, but it's also why it's a hard sell here because people, you know, in Ireland generally, I mean, I'm not sure it's probably the same everywhere, but people are horrified generally for, you know, the prices of it's just a chair. You're like, yeah, yeah but it's a chair, but, you know, 200 hours or something, you know, it's like, it's a, so it's, it's, it's a hard sell. But yeah, there's, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't look at that much furniture, to be honest with you. I'm a big fan of, um architecture and and, and, and and ceramicists and stuff like that more so than than, yep. than furniture. Um
0: yeah. So Sorry. so how <laughs> did you find the, the <laughs> show? <laughs> Don't th- apologize. <laughs> how did you find the show then, Paul? Um
2: um how did I find the show? I'm a bit of an obsessive researcher. Um when I get into something I, I really get into it. And um I was like there's gotta be some podcasts about Woodworking and stuff, um, and I think I I, think I already followed Brian on Instagram. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, maybe maybe that's maybe you mentioned it or something. I can't remember exactly now. To be honest, um, but you and I have listened for a good while. Yeah, it's a good laugh. <laughs> yeah, well that, yeah, that's cool because
0: it's you know we've we've always really pushed the show as Australia and Kiwi. You know that's yeah. that's our target audience. So when Brian said to, to all of us, you know, there's this guy, Paul, he likes the show. Let's mm. have him on. Mm. Um, yeah, I was quite surprised to find that you were in Ireland. I'm trying yeah. to think
1: who who was the last international that we had on COC?
0: You yeah, know, it
1: might've, oh, that was a long time
0: ago. That's a long time ago. Um, yeah. Cause we kinda, we did Neil, we did COC. And then I think, that might have been where it all stopped with the international guests but yeah and then it's yeah. just it's only been um, it's actually only been Aussie guests we haven't said... a few kiwis few kiwis few kiwis am i going to get in trouble for saying that yeah you will yeah <laughs> kiwis who am i forgetting uh, we've definitely had new zealand makers we're not. both we're both getting in trouble at this rate. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um but uh, yeah, it's awesome. So thank you so much for taking taking time starting no today to talk to us.
2: Yeah, I'm off to uh, yeah put chairs together now. Christmas rush is fully fully Enjoy. on. Way. Yeah, at least at least
1: fun. winter hasn't set in over there. It still looks quite uh, balmy. It's thinking about it. It's thinking, it's about, thinking it. about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were just saying before the show started there that um, Robin had snow in Tasmania, and we are Jesus. fifteen days before the start of summer. So yeah, wow it's, it's the
2: opposite here there's like there's you know grass is brown there's flowers and stuff out it's, it's you know it's just bonkers What wa- warm and wet for the last I don't know how long so yeah <laughs> so for everyone- let's make furniture
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so for everyone listening if you want to check out more of Paul's stuff you can have a look at Modette's furniture on Instagram that's probably going to be the best place there's also a website which is a very very uh, nicely created website for anyone looking to get some inspiration. I'm certainly going to take the idea of putting videos in my website on board because uh, I really, really like that idea. Uh, but yeah, go check out Paul's stuff. I'm with you, Brian. That console is probably one of the most unique, the the uniquest, if that's a word, um, console tables I've, I've ever seen. So definitely go check that out. Cheers. And um yeah, thanks again, Paul. It was great to have you on the How show. Works. And uh, yeah, all the best for the f- for the future. Cool, keep up
1: with good work. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Right. Every- we'll see everybody on the live show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're paying for my ticket to Australia, yeah? All <laughs> <laughs> right right cool. the See you. Take it easy. Bye, Cheers, bye. bye. bye.